Hello everybody, welcome back to Outside the Huddle, it's Andy alongside James, and James, NFL result aside, are you well? Um, I'm on my fifth cold in four weeks, so that's a bit of a dampener, but um, otherwise, yeah, quite a good weekend, went to London, took my kids, didn't get too stressed, it's always a bonus, Um, yeah, it's been alright, I went to Gravity on Saturday, not me personally, was with my six-year-old son, Um, but that's a trampoline park if you've never heard of it. Quite enjoyable. I didn't think I'd really be into all that, um, but I kept getting dragged out there. Absolutely knackered afterwards, but yeah. By the smell of dirty feet in the whole place, it was it was really good actually. How was your How was your week, John? Um, how was your week going, Andrew? All right. It was, mate. Busy, busy. You know, Halloween-related activities and uh, lots of sport to try and fit in as well. So just one track. One day we're allowed out, Andy. Yeah. That's it, man. That is it. But it was good. Like two out of three teams won for me over the weekend. So blah 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 blah. I'll take that. Always a win. So tonight we're gonna do our best as usual to rattle through all of the games, try and touch on them all, spend a bit more time on the important ones, and to help us along the way. Delight to say we're joined by Indianapolis Colts fan Harrison Woods. Harrison, thanks for coming on. Uh, pleasure, guys, as always. Um like like we just said before we came live, it would have been nice if one of our teams even had won, but, you know. <laughs> we, we can all be miserable together. Yeah, we are the losers club this evening. Uh, we, we'll give you a bit of time before we have to come to that game. We'll um, kick it off with the Thursday night game. Uh, two, two of the best teams of the season so far. Packers getting the better of the Cardinals. I mean... We'd sat, we'd be sat here having a different conversation if AJ Green had been facing the right way when he needed to, I suppose. <laughs> no? Yeah, just. Well, I mean, what do you reckon? What was going through his mind? It's like, oh, should I have apple pie for dessert? <laughs> the only thing I can watch, watch now, I can only assume he must have thought it was a running play because he was not at any point trying to do anything but sort of run into the guy in front of him. So, what the hell? But you know. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. The, the Cardinals were a bit overhyped, like, weren't they? They have been all season. They've, they've got a few lucky results. Yeah, you know, got cast out of mind back a few weeks. They could, have, they should have lost to us, and then, you know, it, who knows what that might have done? Because losing to us could probably be quite damaging. But <laughs> I mean, I guess the from a Packers point of view, the advantage—it's a cliche, but it is that. Um, the advantage of having someone like Rogers, who can, like people always say, put a team on his back when he's got no Adams mm-hmm. and he's got Lazard out and other people out, he still manages to get it done. Um, and I begrudgingly respect the man. And that's the thing. Like I think a lot of people just assume they wouldn't win, and mm-hmm. probably even me. Given the Cardinals, you, I think you're right, Harrison. Like they have been, they have got to that point where they're being overhyped, and it feels mm-hmm. like. They've had one or two nice wins, but in that last three or four games, there's been they've been slow to get started. They've just been like showing some signs where it's it's not always clicking, which is fine. Mm-hmm. That's that's normal. But this game, when I watched the, the score and actually watched the highlights, didn't shock me particularly. And mm-hmm. now, I mean, to be fair, the Cardinals might need this. It might be a rock up their backsides to step up again. But it did feel like they were slowly coming down to this level. Um, but yeah, they shouldn't be losing the Packers. They're at home. The Packers are losing a couple of key weapons. You should be taking care of business, really. But yeah, the Packers were very efficient. They made the most of every scoring drive anyway, because they didn't even put up that many yards. So he's just got a way of getting it done. And you know full well, if Aaron Rodgers, people are saying you're not going to win, 
he's one of those who will win just a point. Yeah, this is true. Um, I mean, there's not a great deal to say about the Seahawks game. They had a nice, easy day against the Jags, but I mean, it's slightly con. It's very concerning, really, for the Jags. They put up seven points on that Seattle team. Mm-hmm. Which is bad defensively. They had more total yards, more possession, more plays, more first downs. They were better at three down efficiency. They put seven points up. They've got no run game at all. Well, you say that. That was at least your last five minutes as well, when even the Seahawks were yeah. up. But when mm-hmm. you're allowing Geno Smith 20 of 24 completions, I mean, that's the most concerning thing. <laughs> I actually put a bet on, I think I. I think I covered the Jags to get 11.5 points within the Seahawks, which I thought was playing it safe. I didn't necessarily think the Jags would win, but considering Geno Smith was caught back in them and they couldn't score more than 15 points, I thought surely they're going to do that. And there was 31 zip down. <laughs> Embarrassing. That's what it is. You don't go on a bye week, come back and find yourself 31-0 down going to the last five minutes of a game. Like, the Seahawks aren't a great team. They're missing some key pieces. They're okay at best on defence. This should have been a game, but the Jags should have been winning or at least having a chance to win. And that was embarrassing. What was they doing the whole bye week in that bar um, again? He beat me to it. I was going to say those with Urban, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. Obviously grinded it away. Uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence is obviously, you know, in college, you can be a better athlete than other players. And I think a lot, a lot of rookies find out the hard way that at the NFL level, especially QBs, you know, in college, five yards your wide receiver's open in the NFL, it's one yard and your receiver's open. So, you know. He's found a difference, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's still a lot of building to do there in that team. and But they're going to have themselves a nice pick. We know that much. Um, last week we spoke to Ryan, who was a Lions fan, and we talked about how there maybe was a win coming uh, somewhere for them, they, you know, they threatened a couple of decent teams. A lot of people might have said Eagles is a good chance for them, um, but they were absolutely blown away by them. And James, what happened to your boy Kenny G? I had a bet on him. I didn't see him. Well, I am a bit confused. So I thought he actually didn't even take a snap, but I've just looked. He actually had 13 rushes for 27 yards. But I, know. I reckon they must have picked up the wrong player because I didn't see him. I- I think someone put on Twitter, did he like come out of and say something about the head coach, like he found some dirt on him or something like that? Because, yeah, I expected him to go off in this situation and barely got any chances, really. Not really much to say about it. I didn't really see much of the game. No. <sighs> what an alliance. This is a typical bad team where they, they step it up against the good teams because, you know, it's a big opportunity. They come up against a team that's, let's face it, the Eagles are pretty woeful. And then don't even attempt to show up. I mean, Boston Scott has just looked like Derek Henry in this game. I mean, and, and Justin, like Jalen Hurts, 103 passing yards. Garden and Minshew, 11. They have passed for 114 yards and got 44 points. The Lions, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, you're showing everything we believed at the start of the season. There's no guts when you're playing rubbish teams, but all the guts in the world when you're playing teams you shouldn't be. They're, they're just trash, aren't they? They're a trash fans. It's I don't know how they have fans. Um, <laughs> I mean, did you guys see all the fans booing the owner at the um, at Ring of Honor thing they have at halftime? No. So obviously, um, I believe it was Calvin Johnson getting inducted or something like that. So there was all kids, and then as soon as he left, the owner came out, and they got slaughtered. 
No, I didn't say it, but I'm not surprised either, to be honest. Jordan Howard? <laughs> Jordan Howard? Running it, you know, running it up on them. Where the hell has he been? Well, see, I feel like they brought him in. I thought it'd be they're going to use him because, you know, he's got a history there at FBLs. And then they haven't used him. But he was like, hang on, I know one team we can use him against. <laughs> and then, yeah, a couple of touchdowns. Nice, wasn't it? Um, we, we had a group of games that were all pretty low scoring, um, all within a score of each other. So we can kind of pile through those. Falcons against the Panthers is one of them. And obviously, the big news coming out of that game or surrounding that game was, was about Calvin Ridley um, stepping away from the game for not sure how long, as long as it takes. But it's a startling reminder, isn't it, that... Um, you know, these guys, we look at these guys and we think what an incredible lifestyle they've got, what problems do they have. But you just, it can affect anybody. You have no idea. And, um, you know, he's done the right thing, which is the most important thing. He's, yeah. he's taken a step away and he's he needs to get himself sorted out. So, fingers crossed he does that. Whether he comes back or not, that's not the important thing. So, um, but that wasn't a game that we saw going that way, James. We called it, we called the Falcons win, didn't we? How 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 just what is this game like, I just every time the Falcons just grab you just that little bit and you're like oh my god they've got something they go and do that it was you know the people are going now the Panthers defense is great again look they're, they're, they are a decent defense they've got Gilmore now and even he made a play kind of straight in but uh, this is on the Falcons for me Sam Darnold you know the Falcons defense is shite it is one of the worst in the league and you know, Sam Darnold, they don't trust him. So they ran the ball uber a lot. And they said they were going to do that. And that's the, all they did was say, right, Darnold, you can't throw it. Just run. And the thing is, it was obvious. And the Falcons, they actually weren't, I don't know, this wasn't a terrible performance by them, really, defensively. They would hope if they kept the Panthers to 19 or less, the, the offense should be good enough to put more up. But mm. I remember watching, I think Ryan scored on the first couple of uh, drives. And then he had that injury on his hand where it looked like he had taken part in Halloween and had blood all over his arm and his leg. And and ever since then, I just I can only assume that was quite bad because he threw an interception when his hand was gushing out of blood. And then after that, he hardly completed well. He had 146 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. So he had two interceptions after that and he didn't really throw for many yards. So I can only assume that made a difference because they looked okay on the first two drives and after that, it did nothing. But... All I have is someone had to win this game. It just there's nothing to make me think. Oh, they deserved it. <laughs> the Panthers did enough. They won, but no, neither team are going anywhere. No, yeah. no nothing on that. What about um, big grudge match in the AFC North? Steelers getting the better of the Browns. In I was going to call. I was going to do it. Uh, you know. <sighs> Try and be respectful and call it feisty, but let's be honest, it was crap. It was boring <laughs> and it was bad to watch. It was, uh, it really was. I mean, Steelers edged it and could say they deserved it on the balance of play, but just quickly on the Browns, they're four and four. They've beaten, if you look at who they've beaten, the Falcons, the Texans, the Bears, and the Vikings, all games they were expected to win. Yet they've never, they've failed when they've come up against the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Steelers, and the Cardinals. and after eight weeks, they're very much middle of the road for a team who a lot of people were saying, oh, but you need to watch these these boys this year. They're gonna be they're gonna be right up, up there. Classic media team, well, isn't it? It's it, oh look at us, we've got amazing quarterback, amazing receivers, blah blah blah, this, this and this. We're a media team and it's like 
hold on, boys. A couple of seasons ago, you were known sixteen, like baby steps. You know, they're killing the quarterback, their franchise quarterback at the minute by not protecting him. It, it, I can speak for this personally after watching Andrew Luck get decapitated week in week out. <laughs> Browns fans need to wake up and realise the team needs some serious help. Mm. Yeah, you're right about the media team. <clears throat> I think I think in some aspects it was fair going into this year because of what they did last year. But you're right. It, I don't know. The way they started, the, the offence looked good. That was the thing. The offence looked good. They were running the ball. Baker just seemed sensible. He was making your bad play. But generally, he was good. But it feels like, obviously, Baker's not 100%. We know that now. And the last three or four weeks, it just feels like one, Baker and the whole offence has just gone from being really good to, well, we, if Nick Chubb does well, we do well. If not, we're pretty poor. And that defence, they've lost a few key players on that defence. They've been a bit unfortunate in the back end of their defence, to be fair. But it's, I feel like it's just a decent defence and on its day could be a good offence. But generally, with Odell Beckham Jr., especially what's come out today, I mean, he hasn't been traded as far as I'm aware. I know the Saints were quite close, but they couldn't work out the cap. But the stuff that's coming out about Odell Beckham Jr., or senior, shall we say, where he's coming out and taking pictures and videos of him being wide open and Baker overthrowing him and stuff. That is exactly what you don't need. And that's why they should get rid of him. Just give give him away because yeah. yeah. he's not producing on the field. And yes, some of that is the team, Baker, whatever. But it's also him. And he's not even on the field. You don't need it. So, and unfortunately, that's now hanging over Baker again. I feel like every time Odell Beckham Jr. is on that field, Baker is not a good quarterback. Get him off. The first few weeks... He, was, he looked good. He's got Landry. He knows what his game's about. He can control it. When Beckham's on there, I'm sure he's screaming away on that sideline. And they just don't look... They just, there's nothing about them right now where I think they're a playoff team. And that's crazy. Four or five weeks ago, I'd have said they're, they're probably making the playoffs and have an outside chance. But I think they're struggling to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. As for the Steelers, we were talking about this just before we, we started recording briefly. I mean, the, of, of all the teams... Uh, remaining in the league who have winning records. The Steelers have scored the fewest points of all of those by by quite some margin, um, 132 points. On the flip side, they've conceded the third fewest points, so you know where their strengths, we all know where they are. Um, they're, just, they're not going to blow anybody away. We know that. And they're a hard team to watch. Yeah. They're, they're, they're a Sean Dyche, Burnley 4-4-3, aren't they? <laughs> I... Uh, the deep one, you know, as as much as I like Mike Tomlin as a head coach, he he makes his teams hard to watch because teams that are hard to watch are hard to beat. And all of a sudden you find yourself 3-0 down with nowhere to go. And you've lost the game, you're like, how did we lose that? We get the Browns, we have all these playmakers, but you know, the 50-year-old quarterback who's probably a bit questionable in his morals is <laughs> just run the ball at your throat. It's quite a good comparison. I think I think they're the type of team that frustrate the hell out of you because yeah. they're good at what they do. But yeah. you're like, how are they as good as what they do? But me and me and Andy were talking beforehand, just quickly to mention it. Like Mike Tomlin's obviously he hasn't lost, he hasn't had a losing season, or I believe he hasn't. And that's an incredible stat. And obviously now they're back to is it four and four now or four and three? Four and three, yeah. So now they're four and three, which is, just blows my mind. But I was saying to Andy, like, there's two ways you can look at that. They're four and three. And their offense is pretty boring. It's not doing much. It's not going to score you more than 17, 18 points on a good day. But if they'd actually gone a bit heavier and gone after a quarterback, 
this team wouldn't be a team that might just scrape into the playoffs or contend in its own division. It would be the favourites of the division and is definitely good enough to be pushing for a Super Bowl. So as much as it's an incredible job that he's probably going to have another winning season and he's going to surprise them, maybe jump above the Browns, it should also be looked at. But they're going with Big Ben, who was showing severe signs last year of crashing, and they've happily gone with it this year. And he's, he's OK at best. You're not going to win a Super Bowl with him. So I just feel, if I was a Steelers fan, I'd be the kind of pleased, but I'd be so frustrated because what, if they have a good season now, what do they do next year? They're not going to be in the pit. They're going to have to either go give up the whole future to move up or do they go after maybe a mid-range quarterback and then settle for average again? So, yeah, big picture, I'm not sure, but fair play to them. They shouldn't be 4-3. and three. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Very fair. Uh, the Broncos arrested their slump. Uh, we, we, we took them to beat Washington, which they did. Hard fought. Again, not, not great to watch this one, but Another game, Washington had more of the ball, but they they were just so bad at at, at you know finishing um, and you know and using it using it to their advantage. They they continued to struggle to find any kind of run game, and McLaurin was kept under wraps. And once you do that, as we've said for weeks, there's nothing else there from an offensive point of view. No, I mean losing Logan Thomas is quite a big thing because he he was massive for them last year. But you're right. I mean, if I was a team, I'd just double up on McLaurin. He's going to make a few catches and then just put up with it. Because what have you got else other than that? Antonio Gibson is severely struggling. He's injured. So, I mean, they, they went to Patterson. He, he, had, he was efficient. But I feel like they this, this, where are they going? I don't get Washington franchise. They're going nowhere. They, they're basically driving a car with three flat tyres, essentially. <laughs> um, fair play to Denver. They won. This is a bit like the Panthers and Falcons game. It was just like, who's less trash? <laughs> And fair play, the Broncos hang in there a little bit more, but I'm not convinced by them. The fact they got rid of Von Miller makes me think they've given up on the year as well. This is true. Uh, Another game, which happened to be a one-score game, was the Vikings losing at home to the Dakless Cowboys. Um, You know, and... I've done. I'm quiet. I said to someone the other day, I'm the kind of angry quiet about this one, sort of, you know, almost struggling to to work it all out, angry. But you know, they were so there for the taking in this game. Um, we were right in it until the death, and it was just bad decisions, again, bad coaching, and an Ill- inability defensively to to close something out. Which, again, from a coach who is supposed to be a defensive-minded expert. It doesn't say much for him. Um, we've lost some games due to bad decisions. We've lost some games due to just downright bad luck. But this was all on Zimmer for me. Conservative player calling, crap clock management. Um, there's no killer instinct in the organisation at all. I mean, I don't know the stats on this, but if there's a team out there who are worse at taking advantage of turning the ball over, I'd be shocked. Because we never, we never turn the ball over and turn it into a touchdown, ever. Yeah, and that's and we failed to do it. So that, yeah, I'm just, I, you know, I, I love the franchise, I love the team, I love all the players, but I'm just, I can't find any more patience for this coaching setup. Um, yeah, and I think the next three weeks are going to be extremely telling because I think we might get our ass handed to us three out of those three. Which concludes with the Packers, and if that's a nasty defeat, 
uh, he, he can't survive that. Is them a goal? He, he has to go, yeah. He has to go. I mean, there's been some messages shared this week about um, that apparently his, I think it was his daughter had, had leaked on Instagram and how sad he was and he'd made some comment about how nothing in his life, it was there, was there was only his family that brought him any joy anymore and that was the only thing he had to, to kind of look forward to. And, you know, mentally, mentally he's obviously struggling with the weight of it all as well, so... Um, this has to be his last season, whether it ends midway or the way till the end. I just he can't take us forward now. No, he, uh, a couple of years ago, I generally thought Zimmer was one of the best coaches in the league, but it feels like, through many different reasons, he's a lost soul, and that team's a lost team. Really, like there's no real leadership going on. Like you say, the defense the last couple of years, it was fine if it took a backward step, but then you went against everything you did to then go and get senior players in, and it's not a lot better. And for offensively, you need a young guy there to just go, right, open the playbook up. Because you've got the passer who can do it. Yes, he's going to make a mistake or two. Oh, well, he'll make a lot of big passes, big touchdown plays. You've got the running backs. You should be top 10 minimum offensively, if not top five. But because they're so conservative, you're not. And you struggle to put yards up and points because you're constantly worried about turning the ball over. It's frustrating to watch, and I'm not even a Vikings fan, so I can understand your pain, mate. Yeah. Yeah, it's frustrating. <laughs> you know, it, especially if someone's not feeling themselves, like we said a bit earlier, you know, if that's the way Zimmer feeling, he just has to step away. Yeah. It, you know, he won't lose any respect if he goes, I can't do this anymore. No, not at all. Not See, at like, all. And then just for Vikings after that, you know, they've still got time where just double down, put everything on red and just, like James was saying, just go for it. Yeah. Even if you lose games, you know, 44, 37 or whatever, at least you've gone for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, just do it Bruce Aarons and say you've got a bad heart and just <laughs> quit your job. <laughs> um, good news for us was, of course, the Bears lost. Um, 32-22 to the Niners. The Bears were up at the half, right in the game, and then the Niners kind of put their foot down in the fourth but it was a marked improvement for Justin Fields 175 yards touchdown and an interception but he over 100 yards on the deck and it was really the first time we've kind of seen what they were supposed to be getting really yeah. what what, we, what he can do is the first time he's been able to show that so I mean he was still sacked four times in this game as well so if they want to like keep him doing what he can do they need to address that it does, mate. And I feel like we say this about so many teams, but get your line sorted. I know it's not the easiest thing. I always want to do it, but the Bears have got a weak line. It's not good. It's definitely bottom third. But why? Like, maybe fair enough. If you're a team that's been contended and you haven't got much salary cap, that stuff happens. But there's so many teams that have gone through rebuilds or younger teams or got salary, and then they've got a terrible line. You're not going to get anywhere. But yeah, I was really pleased with how Fields played. And that whole vibe of the team, everything was so different to the Bucks game, which I don't understand because there was an opportunity there for the Bears offense. So at least throw it around, do something because the Bucks. Well, we'll find out in a bit. But like that was really that's what you want to see from the Bears. And I'm I think there was a tweet put out by Matt Nagy where he said we need to understand the why of this performance being so much better. And I, I I'm sure everyone was thinking it, it was like it was because you had COVID, mate, and you weren't there. <laughs> Because they obviously unleashed it a little bit more of it fields, felt a bit more that he could just go out there and play, and look what happens. Like it still wasn't perfect by any stretch, but that was much more exciting to watch. 
They might as well do that for the rest of the year, see what Fields has got, build for next year, move on. And if, you know, for me, Justin Fields is a lot better than where he went in the draft. Absolutely. I, I don't get how he went so low. I'm, I mean, I could come up with all sorts of theories, but I don't get why he went so low. I think the talent there, just like you said, Jane, the line's awful. And yeah. Chicago are generally trash, though. Yeah. What's going on with Alan Robinson, though? Like, I know, I just don't get it. Like, is he is he having issues as well? Because something's not right. I wonder if I, he, I think he might have been sitting by his phone today and thinking someone's going to call. I've, you know, I'm, I'm out of here, but nothing. I generally think Calvin Ridley might have been the only person who phoned him. <laughs> Come and have a chat, mate. You need it, I think. I mean, not to be outdone by Fields, of course. World famous rushing quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo ran two two touchdowns in. Um, and it was it was fairly ruthless from their point of view, and it was a huge game. Uh, Eli Mitchell had a massive game as well, and Ryan said last week that he thought he had the ability to kind of carry that running game for the end of the season at least, and he, he certainly did that. Um, despite that, the, the Niners are, are way off the pace, obviously set by the Rams, who had not much to say on that. They had it all their own way largely until they kind of took their foot off the gas. Um, yeah, they're going all in. Von Miller's gone there now, so they're, they're all in, aren't they? What picks? I was thinking, what picks did they give up? Because they had none left. They've only got the six and seven, haven't they? <laughs> but to be fair, they aren't a team that pick very well, so <laughs> fair play. <laughs> Somebody tweeted um, the Rams took one first round pick on Jared Goff and just decided they're not doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> they learned their lesson. <laughs> I mean, Bad. yeah. <clears throat> they go marching on, don't they? They're keeping everybody fit. They're, they're, they're adding um, even more pieces. So, yeah, they're, they're, going, they're going a long way. We'll have to see how they get on. Um, as for the Texans' divisional rivals, went to Harrison, Titans winning a, a cracking game over your Colts. I mean, Colts came flying out the blocks, didn't they? Two two early touchdowns. I think it was a two for Pittman in the first quarter. Yeah. Was, I mean, he's showing out this season. I'm really pleased for him. But what was your take on that game? Um, I, I mean, I was doing my Colts show earlier and I was saying to my co-host, Robbie, I'm glad I, I had an extra day to stew on it because looking back, you know, it wasn't as bad as it felt in the moment if that makes sense. We're still going the right way. It's taken a bit longer than we thought, still heading the right way. Um, and we, we we stopped Derek Henry, you know. Like, people forget the Colts did a lot of good in that game just because of one bad mistake from Carson Wentz. It, you know, the media couldn't wait for that to happen. Of course, you know, certain Colts personalities on Twitter you know, they probably had them tweets saved, ready to go, just because he threw that one bad interception. But then people quit to forget that he then made some sort of Madden-type play where he threw it 50 yards to Michael Pittman yeah. to keep the team in the game. So there was a lot of meltdown from Colts fans. And, you know, there was a lot of Eagles fans saying, we won the trade, yeah, all this, all that. But we just, it was just a heavyweight fight and we come off worse. We lost on points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's it's another marker of how you know crazy this game is. I suppose it was you know it was Kevin Bayard who conceded the the late pass interference penalty 
Yeah. Um, and, and that allowed you basically to walk in, touchdown, mm. take the game to overtime. And then it's the same Kevin Bayard who who picks off that pass yeah. from Wentz, gets a turnover, they, they take it back down the field, they get the field goal. So, mm-hmm. um, And James, I know we were talking before we started recording, but that Henry injury, I suppose this is really going to test... So it's it's a cliche, but so much of their game is built around him, and even the passing game he influences massively because of how scared people are. This is a real test for Vrabel and Tannehill now, isn't it? It really is, yeah. Because everyone game plans for that, obviously for Henry, and they'll, they'll fill the box up as much as they can and do what they can, which then gives you the opportunities on the outside. But yeah, I'm interested to see how they go because we can see that Tannehill can do it. There's been times in the past where. Henry struggled or they, they've managed to shut the run down and, and Tanner Hill does step up but it's a big difference having a team have to commit to shutting the run game down and then being able to pass versus oh okay we're going to let you know Nichols or whatever his name is to I should know he was a buck he uh, you know what I mean like he's not going to have the same threat he's going to rip off one or two runs but he's not going to be a worry like I'd rather give up three or four yards to him than AJ Brown and Julio Jones and that's the thing so I I have a feeling the Titans are going to find a way. They seem to always find a way. Every time I think, oh, Henry gets stopped, they're going to lose. They don't. Somehow they don't. But this is going to be a massive test. And um, hopefully, from their point of view, they get to the playoffs and Henry's maybe back the last couple of weeks to get going again. And then they've got every chance. But every week, the Colts were 14-0 up. And I was like, yes, the Colts are at where I expect them to be at. They've still got every chance. They win this game. They're back within one. This is all like brilliant. Carson Wentz, two touchdowns. And it, to be fair, yeah, people are getting on Wentz too much. But that, I must be that play in the end zone. I had, in my head, I was like, throw it away, throw it away. But then when he kind of left it as late as he did, I was like, no, not now. And, he just, and where he threw it, I was like, oh my God. But that's the problem with Wentz. He does have, every game he will have one moment like that. Sometimes he gets away with it, sometimes he don't. But otherwise, yes, Wentz looks reasonably okay. What I don't get is why you just don't run Taylor more. <laughs> He's almost, he's not quite Derek Henry, let's face it, but he yeah. is. James, if, if you could un- if you could answer me that, then <laughs> I will take it because everyone's screaming, you know, why don't we run Taylor? I mean, like we said, it was a stupid throw by Wentz on in his own end zone, but it's also an awful play design. Just run the ball, you know. They weren't stopping the run, and this is what baffles me. They were not stopping the run. Yeah. And Frank when it, Frank Wright said, we're going to throw it 50 times. That, that's not good for any quarterback. No. And, you know, Wentz has been an improvement on maybe previous, but, like, he's someone, if you can throw it 30 times and you've got a running game going, Wentz will be fine. Yeah. But you need um, to jump off the back of Taylor. Not Like you say, if he run a couple of times, he might have been a third and short and not in that situation, but... I don't know. Hindsight's a great thing, I guess. Yeah. If we'd run it and got stopped and then the Titans had got three points in the last three minutes, I'd be calling Frank Reich out for not trying yeah. something. So yeah. It was just a heavyweight fight and we lost. Yeah. That's a that's a benefit of our position. We can do that. We can call them shite bags for whichever <laughs> way they choose to go and there's no repercussions. Uh, James, remember when I asked you last week and the week before and the week before and the week before about whether your opinion of the Bengals had changed? Has it now changed back? Um, uh, <laughs> you know. A little bit, I guess. Um, not totally. The Jets, I think the Jets are going to be one of those teams that if you let them get in games, especially in their home stadium, they've got enough fight with Robert Sala. He will be a type of guy who will get, you know, get them up for it. 
And if they're hanging around in a game, you're in trouble. But there's no way I saw the Jets winning this. And there's no way I saw Matt White becoming the franchise quarterback. Um, I, yeah, it came out of the blue. And the fact that the Bengals were actually in control going into deep into the second half, then questions need to be had on their front. But fair play to the Jets. They, they got back in it. You could tell the stadium was alight. The Jets fans, you know, understand they don't get these opportunities very often. So, yeah, fair play to the Jets. Terrible penalty at the end, but you can't just sit here and go, that that lost you or won you the game. But it was definitely, a, oh, I mean, it's within the rules, but I hate those. Those sort of penalties mm-hmm. do my head in. Because if you're going to start saying a helmet to helmet, well, maybe Ty Johnson should be done then, because he was the one who lowered his helmet. It's just yeah. stupid. That, the NFL officials have been awful this year. Absolutely awful. Like... As fans, all we ask for is just consistency. Consistency, yeah. And there's just none. There's not. There's not even consistency between uh, official groups. No. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, Michael Carter is someone we've talked about a lot, and we watched him closely after we had we had Matt on in the off season, who was, who was bigging him up. Something yes. crazy. Michael I mean, he's, he's, he's starting to show out now in, in recent weeks. Both did a nice job rushing and receiving as well. Um, so you're gonna, I think you're going to lose whatever bet that was you put on. Well, games, but... if, my, if my boy played, I might have actually had a chance. <laughs> this is very true. Maybe, maybe the thing with Carter and this offense is actually the quarterback. I don't mean to put it on Zach Wilson. I'm sure he will. I, I do believe he's going to be good in the future. But mm. they've got a quarterback that's come in. And has made something, even when he came in last week, he looked promising. And now you've got people like Michael Carter running better. He's catching out the backfield. Everyone's playing better. So I'm not going to cause that controversy, but look how much different that team is. There's something there. Um, Jets are now scaling the dizzy heights of two wins, uh, which means the Dolphins are left at the foot of the AFC East, beat by the Bills. Let's be fair, you know. We expected them really to get battered in that one, but they they held their own for the most part the last quarter. But you know their issues go on. They've got zero running game, no running game at all, and they're pretty middle of the road when it comes to passing game as well. Bar the Ravens, they've got they've got the Ravens uh, in two weeks. They've got a little collection of games where there's a good chance to put something together. But I suppose it's we're now at that interesting point of the season when they're thinking, do we want to put something together? Or would yeah. we rather just, you know, ride this this train all the way to wherever it's going? You know, I mean, they always seem to pick high the dolphins, and from what I know, when have they done well? Yeah, uh, long time. You've got to start looking at backroom staff and coaching. Yeah. You know, there's only so long you can blame the players and the draft picks. And this is our plan. This is our five-year plan. Okay, that was seven years ago. <laughs> And then if you if you go and get your franchise quarterback, don't stab him in the back from the moment you get him. Might yeah. help. <laughs> yeah, I've <laughs> said that's that's what I'm seeing from a couple of Dolphins fans this week on social media that they uh, calling the coaching out basically as, yeah. as awful. Um, which which again is it's just how this game goes because last year people couldn't say enough about Flores. Uh, you know, he was in, there was a lot of conversation with our circle of friends about how he should have been in contention for coach of the year and all sorts of things. And now, and it's just, yeah, it's just how this game seems to go. Um, staying with the AFC East teams, Patriots, what a win that is for them. Um, 
not spectacular, but it was resolute and, you know, the charges are not easy to contain. Mac just keeping it neat and tidy again, um, which he has done all season, really. Yeah, he had his struggles in this game. It, it, I felt like he second half he was solid, first half he struggled. But that run game, it's just enough to get him through. And as long as he doesn't turn the ball over, and he's yeah, maybe a little bit better than that. But the Chargers shot themselves in the foot in this game. It it was a good game. The Patriots came in and was just solid yeah. like they can be. And, and the Chargers, they've taken a step back the last couple of weeks. Their performance is just... Yeah, the Ravens, you could understand it. The Ravens are a very good team. If you don't get it right and you're not having a good day, you can get exposed by them. But this game, Herbert struggled again. But once again, it's protection. I mean, he was running for his life at times. They were blitzing a lot. And it felt like the Patriots were getting getting to Herbert quite quickly and was having to throw the ball quicker. And if you can do that consistently and you've got a decent back end, you're in trouble as an offense. So a lot of work needs to be done with the Chargers because it's been found out, it seems. But fair play to the Patriots. We never really know who they are, and they're just—I think—they're just going to be like an eight or nine win team who just are always going to be in games. Yeah, yeah. the new Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> just getting, yeah, just getting wins. Um, James, that only leaves us two games to cover. Uh, do you know which one we haven't done yet? Um, I think we should just skip the rest to be honest. We're not going to skip it. I mean, we all hate losing, but you, your team losing to the Saints, that's got to hurt. I know how much that hurts you. It really does. I, I don't. I never liked the Panthers for a couple of years because of Cam Newton. But to be honest, I've never had any Ill, Ill feeling towards anyone else. But the Saints have always been someone underlying that's pissed me off. And, you know, the way they go on about winning the championship with their two regular season wins last year, we stuck it to them, which is brilliant because, you know, they can never take that away from us. But, this feels like it has kind of taken it away from us. And it was a game where we shot ourselves in the foot. I'm, I'm not knocking the Saints. They was well coached and they, they played the best that they could. And obviously Winston going down, we should never have lost really. But when you're constantly giving up penalties, like two, three times a drive. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was two times we got third and long. You're like, okay, brilliant. We're going to get the ball back here. We're winning the game. And then he'll go and a stupid taunting penalty where he just sort of threatens a player. And you're like, We've got to sort our discipline out about the Saints. This happens every year. We give away yeah. four or five penalties because we lose our head. And yes, there was a couple of absolutely horrific decisions, which cost us seven points. They had two penalties that allowed their drive to keep going. We had an interception. It was never a penalty. If it was a penalty, it would be on William Goldston because the bloke had his hand in his face taking his helmet off. But then they gave rough in the passer because he couldn't see where he was going and he bumped into the quarterback after the play. Like, it was never rough in the passer. And if it was a penalty, it was on them, on us. We had the interception ruled out and then they obviously went and scored. But I can't take anything. I mean, we, we shot ourselves on the foot. Brady had every chance at the end and he threw two passes. One got intercepted, the other one should have been. But I can't not Brady. Brady had a really good game up to then. You know, he had a couple of weird moments in the first half and then he got us back in it and he was brilliant. Turning them to absolute mash. And then... Um, it just felt like he bottled it on the last drive. He threw that ball to Evans, which was like not needed. And then he did it with Godwin, where it's like, just take the five or 10 yard pass. We've got two minutes, Tom. So very unlike him, but I think that's because he really wanted to beat the Saints. Um, and then by doing that, we lost. I mean, I love watching Tom Brady lose more than anyone else. I can imagine. Do not, do not get me wrong. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think it was a fact Obviously, it was the Patriots quarterback is definitely the fact you are hating. But he's come to the Buccaneers, and we've seen a bit of human side from Tom Brady. And, it, you know, 
although, like you say, through the inception and the end, I'm loving this just like new Tom Brady of, yeah. I don't give a fuck. It, it's more <laughs> going along the Aaron Rodgers route of, I'm a late quarterback and I don't give a shit what you think. <laughs> and yeah, for me, the, the, the books are still one of the favourites to, you know, I'd, I'd fully expect them to run it back. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. I'm so not worried about the Saints. I mean, they're going to go forward with whoever they've got. But, yeah, I, I was just annoyed because this leaves the door open. If we have a couple of slip-ups now, now we've got to look over our shoulders. But I don't think the Saints are going to get even close to winning out. So I'm not bothered about the Saints. It's just that horrible feeling right now. <laughs> yeah, and a bit a big shame as well that they lost Winston in the way they did. It's a, it's a nasty injury. Um, I definitely didn't want to see that. Yeah, no, nobody wants to see that. And I mean, fair play to him. I saw the video after the game where he was celebrating, dan- dan- dancing around with his in his crutches in the air. So he's, you know, he was in good enough spirits. So hopefully he's not out too long. Um, last game of the week to wrap up was, of course, the Chiefs earning themselves a narrow victory over the Giants. I mean, not a massive amount about the game specifically, I don't suppose, but most people would still take them to win. But I mean, just generally. That Chiefs situation, we talked last week about how they dismantled their O-line in the off-season, but people said they did a good job in the draft, rebuilding where they needed to, so you know, that kind of offsets a little bit, but I mean, O-line is a given. What other factors are going on there? Because I know they got the win, but obviously we know things aren't how they were. It's a group of superstars and not a team. Yeah. You know, the great Patrick Mahomes, 99 quarterback, EA's darling, he can't do anything wrong, throws it behind his back with his eyes closed and finds a 30-yard touchdown. That's all well and great when things are going your way. But when the ball doesn't start bouncing your way, just, you know, I, I think it was last week I watched the Chiefs. If Carson Wentz performed anything like Patrick Mahomes has done these past three, four weeks, yeah, he would have been ran out of Indy. And, you know, Mahomes is offered this protection from fans because he's, he's some sort of superstar. And the massive contract, it weighs on young people. Yeah. yeah. So I think just falling apart, it seems by the looks of it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, for me, they've been exposed because they've got a terrible defence. That's the big cuts yeah. of it because if you've got a good offense you can get away with having a below par defense but it's so bad that they can't keep doing it but you think you're right i think there's a little bit of them reaching that point where they think they're just going to win every game they're being tested and now they're they're struggling like even this game nearly got away from them. if they lost this game you wouldn't i'd expect them still to come back but you're starting to go are you even making the playoffs yeah. like you know we all know deep down they're going to they've yeah. grinded this out they'll they'll move on but yeah there is a lot of issues going on and there's got to be something in the background it's just not right something's not right but i feel like this has been coming this has been coming for a year or two the offense has gradually mm-hmm. been found out it's dropped off a little bit and that defense has got worse you can't keep winning games like that and in fairness they should just come together if they get to the playoffs that's great they've done you know they've done okay that's not the end of the world sort your defense out come back next year but <coughs> everyone expects so much from them that everyone just expects them to turn it around and win so i don't know I mean, he's through, uh, as far as Mahomes goes, he's he's leading the league with interceptions now, which, Quite you know, it was 10. He, he threw 12 in his first career as a start, his first season as a starter. He's now at 10. 
halfway through. Uh, they're not, I suppose it's that thing is now, they're not, people aren't going to fear them, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As like you did. And I think, James, I think the books can just take all the credit for, you've, you've broken them, whatever it was you did. <laughs> Super Bowl, you've broken them. Oh, um, definitely take that. <laughs> take that. That's, you see, your week wasn't entirely crap. Well, that's all of the games put to bed. Um, quick look at what Iggy's bets were last week. Uh, I had to laugh when, I know, not laughing at you, Iggy, just laughing at the misfortune. You know, He knows I love him. Um, he said last week that he was making a safer bet to get back on track, and his safer bet was the Bengals on the money line. Yeah, strange game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He also took under the points total on New England and the Chargers, which he got right. Uh, he took Minnesota to cover the spread of 10, which, you know, yeah. he got right. Give him that one. And also, he did put up a couple of sh- potential shocks, James, and one of those was the Saints beating the Bucks. So he's done all right. He's done all right there. It's nice having him on the show. <laughs> he's dead he's dead to you not me Absolutely. Uh, he will be hopefully he will be along with us later in the week to to give us something for week nine and as soon as they come across we'll put them out for you um, has anybody got anything they want to add before we call it a day this is a weird season for kickers what <laughs> <laughs> that what the fuck is going on with kickers yeah you definitely don't want to be in the kickers club no, uh, I've just seen Joey Sly has been cut by the 49ers. Uh, suffered, suffered on on the last minute clear out. Uh, I think if you're a fringe kicker right now, this is great because you're going to get a chance. Yeah, somewhere. That's it. I don't know if there's there's not much. I'm keeping an eye on the trade deadline. I don't know if it's finished or when it finishes, but there's not a great deal happening. Um, no. It's a bit like the dead trade transfer deadline in the Premiership these days, isn't it? It used to be yeah. such a big thing, and now it's a big thing about nothing. This is true. Um, Harrison, before we let you go, can you tell everybody where they can find you on social media and what it is you do uh, with regards to the Colts UK scene? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, if you just type in Twitter, YouTube, all the usual stuff, uh, UK Colts fans, we come up. Um I usually do a review of the Colts weekend on how it's gone um, on Tuesday evening, depending when they on work routine. And, you know, yeah, just the usual stuff. Love chatting shit about football. Yeah, absolutely. Give him a follow because he's uh, it's definitely a good, good uh, chat to have as well. And he's an Arsenal fan. Yeah. Uh, that for, for all you football, UK football fans. If, if one of them wins, the other loses, so you can laugh at me either way. <laughs> things, things are looking all right. Uh, no, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. It was a, it was a whistle-stop too. It was very enjoyable. And thank you, Harrison, for your time. Hopefully yeah. we can uh, get you to jump on again later on in the season as well. Yeah, that'd be great. Cheers, guys. See you later. Cheers, Harrison. Take care, buddy. Take care, mate. Yeah, thanks to Harrison for that. And James, have we got anything else we need to cover before we go? We're not gonna we're gonna sit our predictions pod on on uh, bye week this week. We're gonna have a little rest. I'm quite pleased about that, Andy. Because <coughs> recent form is not worth even looking at. Is it not? I can't do. Remind me what what happened. Well, that's a great question. I have got it. So you went the Falcons. 
49ers though, Titans, Broncos, Bucks and Vikings. So you went three and three. And Ryan, more importantly, went the Panthers. So one, Bears, nope. Titans, Broncos, Bucks and Cowboys. So he went four and two. Oh, so pretty, pretty good score, yeah. And you? I don't, know, I don't know how I did, mate. <laughs> Falcons, Bears, Colts, Broncos, Bucks, Cowboys. So I went two and four. Oh, that dreaded two and four again. I so I just feel we should just not bother anymore. <laughs> I predict we won't do well. Oh, that is bad, isn't it? I think yeah. I think you might have out two and four me at this stage as well. I actually have, yes. If it weren't for two good weeks, I generally would be dreadful right now. <laughs> I've lost the spreadsheet though, so we won't bring that up anymore. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I've got uh, I've got nothing else to add for this one, mate. So. Nah, unless you want me to rant about either Deshaun Watson, the Miami Dolphins, I generally have nothing else for you. Okay, I mean, I suppose not to end on a bum note, but obviously the big the big news that's come out tonight, shortly before we start recording, was about Henry Ruggs and what's going on there. We don't know a great deal of facts, I suppose, about that, so you kind of feel like you shouldn't comment too much, but it's an ugly situation. Um uh, it's just as uh, we were saying before we started recording, it's a very strange, strange uh, situation when these guys end up in these positions who seemingly have everything they could possibly want and then make very, very stupid decisions as well. I think that's, I think the most important thing you said there, we don't have the facts. So it is kind of hard because it might end up coming out that some of the stuff that we've heard isn't true. But mm. if it is true, then that's ter- it's terrible anyway. Someone's died, so it's terrible. But... It's absolutely terrible if he's under the influence of anything that's caused that. At four o'clock in the morning in Vegas, it looks horrendous. I'm glad he's okay. I mean, that's the first thing I saw from the pictures. But yeah, the fact someone died, that's just terrible. And can only the thoughts must go to like the family because yeah. it'll be forgotten about. All this will be about is Henry Ruggs now. Um, <clears throat> but you're right; it does make you wonder what goes through their mind. Like, it's easy for us to say because I can imagine it's a bit like everything in life. You all want to get a bigger pay rise. You always want more money. But when you get more money, all you do is want bigger things and always. And I think there's a point where it must be the same for football players. They have all this fame and fortune. They can get away with this, get away with that. They push the barriers. And I think it gets to the point where something like this happens. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, obviously, he never meant to do any of this stuff. But he kind of probably thinks he's you know, untouchable and he's had a few drinks or he's done some drugs. Thinks he's going to be all right driving a bit fast. And then this happens. And it's just like, yeah. I mean, it's this one moment and everyone makes mistakes. So, you know, it could have easily been not his actual fault as such, but whether it, if he's under the influence, it, there's no getting out of it. And it's absolutely terrible. And he's so young, finally getting his career going. Um, but obviously someone's died, so that is much more important than his career. But that could be it. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I'll see how that one plays out. But, I mean, and, and harking back to the uh, conversation about Calvin Ridley earlier, I just hope that it's, you know, it... You don't want to see anybody suffering and you don't want to it's it's sad to see people going through this but you can only hope that <clears throat> when it's even more so when it's someone high profile like that who has a kind of reach and an influence that it that it just highlights to people again that you know you, it's okay to i know it's cliche but it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to do that because it's still as much more prominent as it is now and particularly with with male mental health it's still there is still that huge stigma attached to it and um there's still so much work to do to break that that barrier down and yeah. ho- hopefully people can 
can see a case like this and think, yeah, I need to, you know, if I need to do something about it, I'm going to do it now before before it's too late. Yeah, I mean, he's a role model in that sense because that is not an easy thing to do. I mean, <laughs> it's stupid because if we're all human beings and some, I think, I don't know, I've got to be careful what I say. Some people in general, like I have seen some of the comments on some of these posts and I do think this is really harsh and I'm sorry if you're listening from America, but I do think like the UK... I don't know, just there's a little bit more understanding. Well, not much, but I just feel like a lot of us would straight away like we understand it. We've all kind of gone through stuff. He's doing the right thing. But a lot of those comments were coming straight on there. I get it. He's rich. He's got everything he could ask for. But you don't understand if he's got everything he can ask for. There's a downside to being famous and he's dealing with something. He's done the right thing for him, the team. And if he never comes back, he's doing the right thing for him. And that's a hard decision, too. So I think 100% fair play to him. We need more role models to step up and say how they're actually feeling because the world's moved on. We're not in the 19th, 20th century where you have to be like man up and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, he's done the right thing. He's struggling. You could tell something wasn't right on the field. What's the point of him carrying on struggling, making himself worse and getting more hate for it anyway? So hopefully he does the right thing, comes away for a few weeks, finds himself and hopefully comes back all the better for it. And if he doesn't, fair play to him for doing what he needs to do. Absolutely well said, mate. Yeah, uh, we'll wrap it up there, I suppose. Yeah, I and, and the books are on a bye week. Yeah, we can't lose this week. <laughs> Happy days, mate. Happy days. Uh, we've got the Ravens. Good luck. Oh, good luck. <laughs> yeah. The Battle of the Purples. D- mustn't end, of course, without saying if you haven't watched the Michigan State Michi- Michigan highlights, go and watch them because it's quite that was a great game. It's quite it magnificent great... for all you college fans out there. Everyone now knows who won if you haven't watched the highlights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I've been I've been, you know, filling my timelines with, with victory related nonsense. So uh, yeah, go and watch that. That was awesome. They're a great team. Yeah, all right. They're one bad team. <laughs> Until and, and maybe the Vikings will be great if we win next week, but I doubt it. You basically sound like you want to start doing a college podcast, Andy. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Only when it's good. Well, if we lose that, if if Michigan lose next week, then it'll be ah, that's it's done with. That is the one thing. If people don't watch college football, if you at the moment like Michigan State are ranked five, so just outside the top four. If you lose one game, just one game, you could win the other eleven. You lose one game, you're out of it. Literally, a team like Michigan State, if they lose one game now, that'd be it. There's no chance of making the playoffs. And your whole season's just gone. Yeah. I mean, it's a great thing because it makes every game so important. But one slip up, it feels like that's it. So for me, before the game is lost in week three or four, I knew it was over. <laughs> so harsh. It's brutal. It really is. Right, mate. We're done. Have a good week. And you. I'll speak to you very soon. Thank you, everybody, for listening, as always. Um, stick with us, keep sharing, keep liking and all that jazz and we'll speak to you very soon. Take care. Bye-bye.